0: Not all those who wander are lost, J.R. Tolkien. Welcome to Aegis Travel Adventures. We are Ken
1: and Giselle. We have been to over 100 countries and are still looking to see what is around the next corner. We love wine,
0: travel, and adventure. Listen to our podcast where we share the fun of the magical places, people, and cultures that have touched our lives. Aegis. hurry. Hey, travel.
1: Travel.
0: Adventures. Hello. This is Ageless Travel Adventures. This is Ken.
1: This is Giselle.
0: And this is podcast number 23. And today we would like to talk about the continent of Antarctica, which we recently uh, went to. Uh, Antarctica is a very unique place. It was the seventh continent, or the last one that we went to, so now we've been to all seven. Um... <clears throat> And there's some interesting facts about Antarctica that we would like to share with you.
1: Before we get into the interesting part of our trip, um, Antarctica is a desert. It's not what I ever thought of when I think of a desert, but because it gets so little rain that actually accumulates on the ground, it constitutes as a desert. So it's actually the world's largest desert. It's
0: the coldest, windiest, and driest continent, and it contains 90% of all the ice on Earth, in an area that's about one and a half times the United States. So it's interesting. The moisture that falls is only about two inches a year. Along the coast, it's, it's more, but on average, it's about two inches. And so being a cold desert, uh, one of the comparisons would, might be the Sahara Desert, which is a hot desert, and they, they get uh, about twice as much rain in a year or precipitation than Antarctica.
1: It's hard to think of it when you're there because it doesn't you don't doesn't come to your mind about it. It's a desert. The other thing is interesting is that nobody um, really technically owns Antarctica. It's not um it's not a it's not a it's a sovereign state but there it's there's nobody that that owns it there are however a treaty with um um i think it's over 48 countries have signed the treaty um that have agreed to keep it a peaceful place and so nobody can come in and say hey i want to start you know doing say mining or or anything along those lines so um that makes it kind of an interesting place uh the treaty they're very strict on what you can do and what you can't do they're um the people that are I guess, that are running the treaty, for lack of better words, are very um, making sure that, the, that Antarctica stays, stays pristine and that the animals and everything are for the next generation.
0: So only about a half a percent of Antarctica is ice-free. So people would say, well, if it's a desert, where does all this ice come from? <clears throat> well, the precipitation that falls on Antarctica, the two inches a year, it doesn't melt and go in the ground like it would in the Sahara or evaporate. It's so cold, it just keeps accumulating. So over <clears throat> thousands of years, you know, we, we have glaciers and ice all over that covers this continent. And I was trying to get my, you know, wrap my mind around it until I, I read a little more about it. And then it made sense. It, it just doesn't melt. It accumulates. So we wanted to go and we were looking at how do you Go to Antarctica, and what did we want to do? Uh, what were our choices? And we had done a lot of cruising on, you know, Holland America, uh, celebrity, Norwegian, um, Viking ocean cruise. And we looked at those. And the the bigger ones that do ocean cruising, they do what we call
1: a drive by. Yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah. a sail by.
0: They sail by and look at it, and you have a good chance of seeing whales, and And you might might see some penguins in the water here and there, but yeah. Um, And if you go to the Falklands, which a lot of them do, you will will see penguins. You'll be able
1: to get off the ship.
0: You'll get off the ship there, and you you will see penguins, and and some seals, and so on. But if you want to see them in Antarctica, you're most likely going to have to get off the ship, and the big lines that we talked about uh, don't do that. Now, Viking ocean ships don't go there. They have two expedition ships, the Polaris and the Octanus.
1: And there are other cruise lines that offer expedition, but the, the word you want to look for when you're looking for, if you do want to do that type of trip, is expedition or adventure. I mean, every cruise line may have a different name for it, but most of them, they use the word expedition. And what that means is that the ship is going to be designed specifically To be able to go in this in that area and to make it comfortable for you they've got a really big stabilizer so you don't feel some of the 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 waves and the roughness of the waves also they're going to be a smaller ship because of a lot of the coves and the the places they go to it's you can't take a big ship in
0: but there's a requirement or a regulation that only 100 people could be off the ship on land at any given time? At
1: different parts of Antarctica, yeah. Mm-hmm. They have different islands that different people, so, so the ship is a relatively small because you don't want all day people trying to come in and go in to get off, which is already a challenge when the ship was you know less than 300 people. And um, so those are the kind of things. So the newer ships, <laughs> um, the two that we the, we mentioned with Viking, we, we chose a Viking ship.
0: And. For for comfort, also the level of service we've experienced. We've been on a river cruise with Viking, and an ocean cruise, and we have to say that it was probably two of the best cruises we had. So we picked them. But when we were in Ushuaia several years ago, um, we were on a Celebrity ship, and we stopped in Ushuaia. We I we were
1: doing a South America.
0: Yeah, it was a South America tour. So we we're going from Buenos Aires to uh, Santiago, Chile. So we we're going around the horn. And while we were in Ushuaia, we went to the docks and we were looking at the different ships because we were trying to think about this this trip here. And there was a sailing ship, a three master, and young people were getting off with duffel bags. And we stopped a couple of them and just asked them, you know, what they thought about it. And they said, it was it was fabulous, but you have to work. You have to help sail the ship. You know, you you this isn't where... The staff takes care of you. This is where you take care of everything yourself. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And uh, even cooking and, and sailing and you know and so on. And they said it's it's not a it's not a comfort cruise, it's definitely a, a, an adventure cruise. Well, we didn't want to do that, so but there's different levels in between. And uh so we we chose Viking, and they have uh different ways that you can get off the ship. Uh, they have zodiacs and you sign up for, they have special operation boats which are made for the fin- Finnish or Finland military and you sit sort of like in captain's chairs and there's like 12 people on a boat. Uh, pretty cool, they go pretty fast and, and they, they go places that uh, uh, the bigger boats couldn't go. They have kayaks and you can uh, sign up, you have to wear a dry suit in the kayak so you're, you know, you're sort of like the Michelin man, all bubble wrapped and then they they have two submarines on the on the each of those ships the Octanus and the Polaris and those submarines don't look like a traditional submarine they almost kind of look like octagonal
1: they re- they really in shape. do they really look like um on the yellow submarine from the Beatles that's kind of what it looks like so they're called Paul John George and Ringo
0: <laughs> and and they'll go deep and they're they're very uh, professionally well-made and crewed. Uh, the, the crew on those, uh, was, they were all about safety and, and so on. Um, we didn't do the submarine, you had to pay extra for that and that wasn't the reason we didn't do it. Um, the people that went down said it was very interesting. They'd never been on anything like it. I, I happen to be a scuba diver and I've done a lot of diving in warm water and seen a lot of, of things. Um, they saw rocks, um, you know, the I submarines. Fish. Some fish, um, really didn't see seals. Uh, some starfish, they said they saw, and uh, not really a whole lot. And they went down about as about 400 feet. And I,
1: I was looking. That was asking, "Does Aquaman come around and wave at you underneath?" And if he had did, I'd been all all over it. But. He didn't happen. One thing, though, uh, talking about the ship itself. Going back to that for a moment, is um, when you're looking to do a, whatever ship you choose. One thing for us, it was important. You want to be able to um, see the terrain. You want to see, you know, where you're at. And some of the we were when we were in Yeshua, we saw um, a couple other sh- cruise lines that had older ships that looked like, and they still had some rooms that had portholes. Um, you know portals. So you, all you see is just that little small space in your room. And one thing that we were, we really wanted to, to, to again, to see the, the where we were going. But the newer ships, all the rooms have a. Um, a, like a, a picture a, window, right? It's not a balcony per se, but it, it opens up like a balcony. Yeah. Is the fact is that's how much you can see, and that is really important because that I thought Viking did a really good job. So you didn't have to have the most expensive room to have that great view. Whereas on most mm. ships, the better the view, the more you pay. So we that was one thing that I was we were really glad that we did we enjoyed about Viking, besides a lot of other things. But anyway, so the ship itself was wonderful and it was very comfortable.
0: And the food was great. Uh, It exceeded our expectation. Now, one of the things, we left in the late spring, so we chose a cruise or an expedition cruise. It went to the Falklands from Ushuaia. So uh, it started in Buenos Aires. They had a charter flight, Viking did, to Ushuaia. It's about three hours, which is the southernmost point uh, on the continent. And then from there, you get on the on the ship, the expedition ship. And then we went from there to the Falklands. We had two stops, one at West Point, which is a smallish island, and we saw lots of uh, penguins and uh, and birds, uh, etc. cetera. And it was very interesting. There was one house there with a few people. They owned the island. And then Port Stanley is the big port for the island where most of the people live. Um, and it was so rough that day that only one of the tenders got off first thing in the morning, and we tried like six times to dock and we couldn't. So um, it's not a protected port. Uh, so you know we've heard the chances of getting off at Port Stanley are, are iffy uh, because the weather's so bad. And then our ship went to South Georgia Island, which is to the south and the east considerably. And that was one of the most fascinating parts of this trip. And one of the reasons why is because it's early season and a lot of the seals and penguins have not migrated, and, and whales, too, have not migrated yeah. to Antarctica yet. They're they're on their way or they're getting ready to go. And South Georgia was a 106-mile-long island, and it had fjords, and it had a whaling station that was... Uh, they don't whale anymore, but all the equipment was there, and they did tours. It's
1: like a ghost town of a whaling village. Yeah. It, the, the, the what's what I thought was fascinating was the um, the equipment that they left there, and some of the pieces. And I've, I'll put some of them on our Instagram page because the fic, the the equipment was so amazing looking, so well interesting. And of course, obviously, it doesn't happen any there, But the, also, the interesting about island is who was buried there. The um,
0: famous. Uh, Shackleton Expedition in the early 1900s started in South Georgia and interestingly enough the sealers at the time um, had told them that it was too cold to go on this expedition and they went anyway and they ended up spending two years trying to get back their ship got caught in the ice the endurance is the name of the ship and and eventually the ice crashed cracked it into pieces And uh, and it sank. And uh, recently they found the ship. And uh, the whole history of the story, there's books on it. A miraculous uh, uh, survival of two years being uh, winters, summers, you know. And they finally ended up rowing uh, to uh, Elephant Island, which we didn't go to. It was so rough in those days. But once they got there, they left most of the crew there. Uh, and then they rode 600 miles or so back to South Georgia, and when it was all over and the everybody had been uh, uh, rescued, you know, for
1: res- lack of better words, you know, re- they kind of rescued themselves. You know, rescued
0: yeah. and brought back to civilization, all 28 of them survived. When and that's the miraculous part of the story. Well. Ernest Shackleton being the leader, his, his leadership skills, everyone believes, is in, in Howie and uh, enthusiasm, and the crew just basically did what he told them to do. If they hadn't and rebelled, they probably would have been uh, doomed. So when he died, uh, he was fairly young, in his 50s, and, uh, and his wife uh, said, no, you know, this was his love, and she wanted him to be buried on South Georgia Island, and there's a small graveyard there, and he's there, and there's a a monument to him, and his ship, and then his right-hand man, uh, when he died, uh, he was cremated, but his, his wife sent his ashes to be buried next to Ernest Shackleton. So, amazing story, you should read it sometime, and if you go to Antarctica, I'm sure you'll you'll uh, hear about it. if
1: you go on the Viking ship they have that book in every room it's, it's a really fascinating story um and uh, yes. one thing I thought was interesting about Shackelford is that he um when he got done and he came back to England and he was chilling at home he went on another sh- he went on a couple more expeditions to Antarctica with not the things that happened the first time but he loved it so much and it was just so amazing and you know, the way they traveled to Antarctica was very different than the way we traveled to Antarctica. But getting back to the ship itself... Um, on so the, let
0: me just say one more thing about it. So we went to Falklands and South Georgia, and the reason we did that in the early spring is because most of the seals and penguins are there, and they're getting ready to migrate for the summer in Antarctica. So, you know, when we got to Antarctica, yes, there were some penguins... There weren't as many as we expected, and there were just a few seals. So by doing the trip we did to Falklands in South Georgia, we got to see sort of the whole contingent. In the middle of the summer, the same ship just does a 14-day trip versus the 19 we, we did, straight through the Drake pa- Passage to Antarctica, and uh, most of the animals are there then so go yeah ahead. I'm sorry. no
1: and no no not at all and so um but the ship itself oh and then people saw some orcas or a pod of orcas whales um when they were in their their little boat and their zodiac the and we weren't on that unfortunately that would have been amazing but we did see lots and lots of um whales from the distance yeah. uh just but you never saw yeah. them super close but anyway um we saw
0: their spouts we saw lots of their and spouts. Some, in, 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 at one point off. The coast of South Georgia, we probably saw 40 or 50 spouts together. There was a whole pod traveling.
1: Yeah, but they didn't want to get closer to us, nope. but that's nope. okay. Um, but the ship itself, one thing that's indifferent about the Viking expedition ship is that they have an expedition crew. That the Is that what they were called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're they're a a group specialist. of people. They're specialists, and they're basically um, people that are um, that this is their specialty. It doesn't have to be um, necessarily uh, animals that live in Antarctica. One was a, a shark specialist, and he kept laughing like he goes I'm looking for the shark, but they're they're people that have a passion for wildlife, and their knowledge base is phenomenal. And so um, Viking has hired these people for these types of ships and so there's a group of maybe 15 20 and they're available they ask questions and so whenever time you go out on an expedition ad- Excursion, which is the only type of excursions there are, you're gonna have one of those people with you if you go on that. Now, when you go on land, they're there to greet you and they tell you, okay, this is where you're going. And when you go on land, it's very specific on where you can walk. How don't get close to the penguins. You know, if the penguins were coming, you gotta let them walk by. And you know, the walruses and there's lots of birds. But the staff was just really informative, and um, they their knowledge base blew me away.
0: Agreed. So, um, well, so what we wanted to do with this podcast is 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 give you some uh, oversight about the cruise and you know what we did, and talk a little bit about you know, South Georgia and the Falklands, uh, and then we'll do a second podcast and we'll talk about Antarctica itself because most people don't do the uh, the South Georgia piece, and uh, there was the the southernmost point of South Georgia. <clears throat> Uh, was a fjord and uh it was just pretty much sheer mountains cliffs on either side and when we arrived in the morning they put the ship just sort of in the mouth of it um and it was so foggy we we really couldn't see hardly anything um i wouldn't say inclement weather but it was just foggy and uh, misty So we went out in the morning, and we looked around, and we couldn't see the tops of the mountains. We were on a zodiac, um, or the tops of the cliffs. But it was interesting, it was, it was pretty. Uh, we did hear some, some uh, snow or ice falling in uh, here and there. I wouldn't call the glaciers there, but at the end of the fjord was a, a true glacier, uh, but we couldn't see it. So later in the afternoon, we were fortunate enough to uh, get on another zodiac tour, and it cleared up. We could see everything. Um, it was sunny. You know, it's, It was such a, a dramatic turn of events to go from the morning to the afternoon, and we went all the way to the end of the Ford Fjord to the glacier, and the guide was telling us that the glacier was s- several hundred meters Back from where it was just five years ago, it it had—it's been melting and receding, Um, and the the moraine from the glacier. uh, Actually, our zodiac got stuck at one point (laughs) on the moraine. uh,
1: That's a little, you know, a little disheartening. And you're in the middle of, you're like, okay, I'm in the middle of (laughs) Antarctica.
0: So they went, and the water's like 34 degrees, so you don't like jump out and push it. So they got out of paddle, and we kind of pushed around. They had, took the engine and pulled it up, and uh, eventually we got ourselves free. Um, but this glacier is in retreat, and as all the glaciers in South Georgia are. Uh, but it was just an incredibly beautiful fjord. And then when we got back to the ship, because it, it had cleared up so much, we're looking at the mouth of this fjord, and it was quite wide. I mean, I would say uh, at, at least a mile. And there's yeah. all these icebergs out there. And uh, I said, I wonder how our ship's going to get out. (laughs) Well, when we left that day, as we got closer, we could see, you know, that there was room to go between the icebergs. Uh, Keep in mind that two-thirds of icebergs are underwater, so they didn't go that close. (laughs) But the reason they were there, the the icebergs break off, you know, from the ice shelf in Antarctica, and they they float, and then they go northward. And these had all come up to the south end of Georgia, and they got stuck on the entrance to the fjord where it was shallow. And uh, they were all, I mean, some of them were, you know, y- huge. And, uh, but they were everywhere. So it was very interesting. Um, lots of seals, uh, elephant seals, lots of penguins there. The whaling station made it interesting. And then the Shackleford stuff. So we'll save um, the Antarctic parts uh, for our next uh, podcast, number 24. And we're going to sign out now.
1: And I'll put some photos on our. I'll put more photos on the Instagram and on the uh, the web page, so you guys can see it. And again, if anybody has any questions, comments, wants to know anything about our trip or anything that we can help with, please reach out to us. As of yet, no one. and I repeat, no one has reached out to us. So I'd like to feel some love. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Aegis? Ages. Angel. Travel. Travel. Adventures i